Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. Um, I just really feel like, though, that God wants to speak to some people specifically. Um, I believe that God's placed a, a word on my heart for all of us, but just that God has a message for some specific people this morning. So if it's okay... We might uh, just um, sit in that sort of moment for a while. Um, I was going to pray for Anton and Jody, but Jody just left. Oh, no, she is. Can I pray for you guys? Do you want to come out? Um, I just had a picture when I was just, I was looking around and asking God for, you know, some sense of, of what he wants to speak and who he wants to speak to. And I had a picture of a seed. Uh, now, I know you guys are in business and you're entrepreneurs and you're awesome in that, in that space. But I just had this sense that there's a seed that God's planted in your heart. I don't know whether you know what I'm talking about or not yet, but it's a seed. It's an idea for business. It's an idea for you know, creating wealth, uh, but it's just in seed form. And uh, I just had a real encouragement from the Lord for you to water that seed, okay? It, it's, it's, when you, you may already know what it is, I don't know whether you do or not, but, but you know that that seed, if it does plant and grow, is going to grow into something huge. It's like, this is scary big type stuff, okay? Um, and, you know, should we release resources to watering that now? Is it too big? And God just wants to encourage you that it's not too big. Just have the freedom. Be free. He wants you to release resources to water that. Water that seed. Is that okay? Does that mean anything to you? Is that? Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for this incredible couple. Real uh, pillars in the church. Um, not just because of the finance side of things, but pillars in the church because of their attitude, because of their hearts, because of who they are and the impact they have on people's lives. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, as they water the seed that you've planted in their hearts, Lord God, I pray for growth. I pray for the sun, the presence of God, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to shine on that, to bring growth, to, to be watered with the power of the Holy Spirit, and it will grow. And uh, Lord, I also just pray, I feel, pray specifically for the right connection. There's going to be a connection that will come, a person who will be key to making that seed grow even more and grow into the tree and, and the huge thing that, that God wants it to become. Uh, and I don't think it's someone you've not met yet or that you really know yet, but they're going to come along and there's going to be a connection. And, and when the time is right, there's going to be something that sparks and it's just it, things will take off from there. I'm telling you, I don't know what the timing is, but it will. So God, I pray that that, that connection, Lord, you would bring it about by the power of your Holy Spirit, just speaking into people's hearts and lives and you working in circumstances, bring about that connection, I pray. Pray you'd bless this incredible couple and their family in your precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, yeah, give them a clap. They're awesome. Um, during the sort of meet and greet, I've had the privilege of, of meeting a couple from this family here. You guys are from South Australia, is that right? And I've, I've, I've met a couple of your family, and I, I like you guys. I've only met a couple of your family. I like all of you. You're just, well, there's, there's something life that flows. Are you guys involved in leadership in church at all? Are you senior leaders? Or you, no, no, you're secondary leaders. Um, 
I just felt like the Lord just wanted to encourage you that the years that you've spent sowing in and supporting leaders, supporting a church, particularly, uh, I just have a sense about a, a particular leaders and a particular work of God, that God, has seen, He sees that, He's seen that. And I, got, I had a picture, it was funny, I had a picture of Him in heaven, nudging one of the angels, one of the archangels, and bragging about you to the angels in heaven. That's the heart, that's, that's He sees it. And just a word of encouragement, and you know the verse, you know, don't, don't tire in doing good, because at the right time, you will harvest, you will reap a harvest of, of what you've sown, and reap a harvest in God. Is that okay? Let me pray for you, and let's pray for these guys. Father, uh, I just pray for this incredible family. Um, I pray blessing upon them, Lord, as they journey, they continue the journey that you've taken them on up till now. But Lord, I pray that, that, that strength, that they have that capacity to support in the background sometimes that's uh, not seen, that capacity to pray, to know, to pray into situations and to see situations and spiritual things shift. I pray that that capacity will grow. Lord, that they'll have an insight. Their spiritual eyes will be opened even wider. They will see things they've never seen before and they will know in their hearts, in their spirits. If they pray into that, it will break and the church will grow. It will break and and breakthrough will come. It will break and people will be brought into the kingdom of God, not just in tens but in hundreds, in their church and in the work they're involved in. Bless them, I pray, your hand upon them and and their incredible family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God, I'll meet you later and get your names. <laughs> um, I just really felt wanted to pray too for the team that are heading off to Bali in a couple of weeks. Is that okay? I know you're going to probably pray for the team next week, but um, if you're going off to Bali with Mel and the team, can you just stand up where you are so that we can... Um, I, I'm so excited for you guys. I think Riley's not here, is he? He's, yeah, but um, I love missions. Short-term missions uh, is just is something that, that, that I love and, and Lorraine and I, with our hearts in that whole area um, and uh, I, you can't get too much prayer. So c- can you join with me, church, and pray for these guys? Reach out your hands. Father God, I pray for these guys uh, as they're preparing. I know they're going to be prayed for next week and released by the leaders here, but Lord, I pray that in this time of preparation leading up to when they leave, Lord God, Holy Spirit, you'll be stirring something in their hearts. And Lord, uh, I pray for every single team, member of the team, and Riley too is not, not here today, but Lord, I pray that in their hearts they would know that they're not just a member of the team, they're not just along for the ride, but God, you're going to stir something amazing in their hearts. It'll be like a dream, a vision. They're going to think, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do that? And Lord, I pray that that something would be released in them, that they will know that actually they can do that. They can do that. That dream that God has put in your heart, you can do it. You can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can step out in faith, believing that God is going to work through your hands, your words, just your embrace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. The picture I had just with the team going out is that um, in, in our, just in our natural bodies, health comes when everything's connected well, you know, um, and even just the... <laughs> Naomi's pointing a clock at me. <laughs> I've never preached to a clock before. This, oh, the pressure. No, no, no. Sorry, it's all good. Um, uh, just the fact that you're going there, and God is going to do amazing things. I've no doubt there'll be healing, there'll be miracles, there'll be words, there'll be impartation. But just even the going is the strengthening of a connection that's going to bring about health, both for you and for this church and for the churches that you have a connection with. Is that good? So uh, pray for these guys. Um, And while I'm there talking about that, 
can I put it in a plug-in? Would you pray for Lorraine and I? We leave for Yangon for a week of ministry or 10 days of ministry on Friday, and we'd really covet your prayers while we're, while we're doing that. Um, one more word I had, and this is not for, it is for someone specific, but I don't know who you are, and I'm not going to ask you to, to identify yourself, but I just really felt as I was praying that, that there's somebody here today that during this last week, or even it might have been this morning, have come to a point where you've given up. Now, you haven't given up on God because you're here, which is awesome. You're in the best place. But you've come to a point where you've given up. You've given up maybe on a promise. You've, maybe you've given up on your own walk. Maybe you've given up on your, uh, uh, like your own vision for your life. Okay? And, uh, and I just had a scripture come to my mind for you this morning. It's from Romans chapter 8, verse 1, which is one of my favorite verses in, in scripture. But, you know, Paul writes, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the spirit of life has set you free from the spirit of law and of sin and death. Okay? So if, if, you, if that's you this morning, and I, I said I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to identify yourself, but I want you to know this morning that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus for you. The spirit of life has set you free from anything that's going to drag you down. Anything, whether it's of your own making or someone else's making, the spirit of life has set you free from that. It is, it, it's not enslaving you anymore. You're set free. And if you will just step, continue to step forward in faithfulness, God will reward your faithfulness. You know, we talk about faith a lot, particularly in our movement, C3. Um, but you know the word in the New Testament, the word faith, often can be translated as faithfulness. It's not just the belief. Faith is faithfulness. It's the continuing to step out. It's continuing to just follow God. It's continuing to do the stuff. Read your Bible, pray, come to church, serve, all the things that we're talking about in this series. Uh, there is now no condemnation for you. So just receive that. Be released. I pray whoever that is right now, Holy Spirit, that they would know that they're free. They are free and there is no condemnation for them. They stand before the throne of God clean, washed clean, white as snow, pleasing you. Pray that they'd just be touched by that revelation right now in Jesus' name. Set them free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, and I, just one more. For, for our pastors who, I love you guys. Lorraine and I love you so much. You are such awesome leaders and pastors. And just, I guess, you're such people after God's own heart. That, and that just, it's so powerful. But I just, as I was praying for you this morning, I just felt this, this verse come to mind. I'm going to read it for you. It's a little few verses, but that's all right. It's the Bible. We're talking about the Bible today, so it doesn't hurt to read from it. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And the sense I had is that this dream, this vision that God has placed in your hearts is huge, big, not just for this church, but the, the vision for your life, the vision of, of the kingdom that God has placed in your hearts is huge. But it's this wisdom. It's this wisdom that makes no sense to the, to the powers of this world and to the rulers of this world. And I just had a sense in my spirit that sometimes there can come frustration or uh, a sense of bewilderment maybe at the lack of understanding of people. When you try and even people in the church when you try and share your heart of what God's put on your heart, it doesn't click. It doesn't seem to find a resting place. 
And uh, I just really felt the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you guys that that's okay. The wisdom that God has given you, it's, it's not going to be understood by anyone, but it's from Him and it's got power. So just, you know, and I know you guys, are obviously you're walking in it and you're going to continue to walk. You don't need my encouragement to do that, but just want to encourage. Can we pray for our pastors? Um, pray for them every day because these guys are doing an incredible job, but they carry a weight. Lord God, we pray for Ryan and Erica. We just thank you for them. We thank you for the love that they have for you, the love they have for us. It just, it just we, it emanates from them like a warm glow. We just know that we're loved by them. Uh, and Lord God, I pray strength. We pray protection around them and Jensen and, and, um, and Judah. We pray protection around their family. Uh, Lord God, we pray rest, strength, and the wisdom of God that will continue to flow in and through them, in and through every decision that they make and every step that they take in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Um, wonderful. I love this church. Who loves this church? Um, this church has an exciting future. And, uh, and I love the vision that Pastor Ryan and Pastor Erica have for the future of our church. Um, this vision that they have to step out in faith and take on a big project, which is what they're talking about with the, with the theatres, and and uh, and we're praying down that track. But you know, even if that doesn't happen, I just know there's there's bigger and better, bigger and better facilities out there. Um, it, it looks too big for us, but that's exciting because near the edge is where God is. Near the edge is where God is. If you if you if you want to if you want a, um, uh, to live a faith-filled life, you've got to live near the edge. Someone once said that uh, if, if you're not living where you can fail miserably, you're not living by faith. That's a challenge because I know myself, there's always a, a, a temptation to, to live safe. Um, and Lorraine can tell you I, I, uh, I love to live safe. Um, but, but, you know, you, you, near the edge is where God is and, and it's exciting. Um, no project is too big for God. Um, let me tell you a bit of a story. You know, about 17 years ago, uh, Lorraine and I were part of a, a, a small church. It was a young church. It had only just been planted. There were uh, just fewer than 50 people, including kids, in that church. It was less than a year old. And the leaders of the church, the leaders of the congregation, had this vision. They, they sent, and these guys were a part of the leadership team of that church at the time. And they had a vision to, for, for moving out of, like, just meeting in a, in a, in a hotel, motel, um, uh, conference room, I had a vision for, 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 for uh, stepping out and getting their own facility as a church and uh, looked around and there was a particular facility that caught the leadership's eye and it was, uh, it was an old hydrotherapy, physiotherapy centre, had an indoor pool and everything and, uh, but it, was, it had been empty for a little while, it was, it was big, it was way too big a project for a church of you know, 15, 20, 30, 25 adults to take on. Uh, but, you know, the, the leaders believed that, that God had put that on their heart and they just stepped out in faith. And, uh, and so as a church, we prayed. As a church, we, we dreamed. As a church, uh, we gave. And uh, do you know that a church, from a church of fewer than 50 people, we raised over $100,000 for that, that move. And uh, so God, God was at work. And, uh, and so the leaders made an offer to the landlord way below uh, market value, um, which is great. You know, as a, as a business person, you know, making an offer below market value is a bit. Ooh. As a church leader, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's what we do is we make offers below market value, and what's more, we believe that they're going to be accepted. Amen. 
Um, and, and the offer, after a bit of negotiation, the offer was accepted. So we signed the lease, uh, we uh, moved in, we fitted out, we put in stages and lighting equipment, and uh, about um, 17 years ago, uh, we, we as a church moved into this building. You see? So I know that God can do the impossible. I know that when we step out in faith as a group of people, believing that God wants to build His church, believing that there's no project that's too big for Him, believing that God can do it through us, I know that God does that. I know that He, he comes. He, he's faithful. He, he gets involved and he, and he releases miracles. He releases breakthrough. I know it because I've lived it. I know it because... That's my story. I've gone through that experience. Okay, It's the story, one of my stories. Um, and I know also that as I tell that story, your faith is rising as well. That is the power of stories. Stories are so incredibly power. They're powerful. Um, in fact, I believe that stories shape our lives. Our stories... Your story, my story, our stories together describe who we are. They create the lens through which we see the world. They form our beliefs. They influence our attitudes and they color our decisions. And, you know, I don't think it's just our lived stories, like that story that... that and I continually go back to that when I'm, when I'm faced with a, a, a big situation where I think I'm challenged, can God do this, or can, which is a dumb challenge, really. We're talking about God created the universe by speaking it into being. Um, but, you know, we're human. We get to that point often, I think, where we, we, we actually, not just can I do this, but is God going to do this? I, I'm reminded. I tell that story to myself. I, I run that story. I remember it because it increases my faith. It tells me that God can do this. God will do this. But it's not just our own lived stories. We're shaped by the stories of our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. We're shaped by the stories of our communities and our nation. You know, one of the key insights of postmodernism is the recognition of the importance and the power of stories or of narratives. You know, it's why television shows like Who Do You Think You Are and services such as Ancestry DNA, it's why they've become so popular because they're all about stories, they're all about our stories. And that's why this, the Bible, is so incredibly important because this is the greatest story ever told. And if you are a follower of Jesus, this, this is your story. I want to read this morning from the Psalms. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to read from Psalm 78. Father God, we thank you for your word. We're talking about your word this morning, Lord, and uh, it's just so precious. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And Lord, I thank you. We thank you for your word. And I pray this morning that as we dive in just to a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of your word, Lord God, that you would release power as you do, always, through your word. You release power to change us, power to heal us, power to lead us into the new things that you want us to experience, you want us to do, you want us to live. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. All right, let's read from Psalm 78. O my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you in hidden lessons from our past, stories that we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. 
We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. I think many Christians struggle with the Bible and its role in their lives because sometimes there can be a misunderstanding about what this book is. You know, this book contains God's law, but it's not a rule book. This book contains wisdom, but it's not a how-to-do-life manual. This book is powerful, but it's not magic. You see, this book is fundamentally a story. It's the story of God, His family, and His redemptive purposes being worked out in the world. This story began, it began to be written down. It began, obviously, many, many thousands of years ago, but it began to be written down thousands of years ago. See, God chose, originally, He chose a family. They were the descendants of a man named Jacob, Israel, who were, at that time, they were slaves in Egypt. Because of His great love, God chose them, that small group of slaves in Egypt. He chose them. He made promises to them. One of those promises was, was that he would rescue them from slavery in Egypt and establish them in their own beautiful, productive, abundant land. But you know, it was never going to be easy. You know, who knows that when God makes a promise, um, I would like him just to thank you, hand it to me on a platter, there you go, just ease into it, amen. Um, uh, the more exciting the promise, <laughs> the, the, the harder going it's going to be getting there is my discovery in life. It was never going to be easy. God wasn't going to hand them their promise on a platter. You see, because God wants, and He wanted, and He wants today a robust, resilient, and righteous family. And to become that, they needed to walk through some stuff. They needed to walk through a desert. They needed to, to cross rivers. They needed to kill giants. They needed to take cities. And that process was going to take some time. But it was vital that during their journey, during their journey across the desert, during their journey into the, nation, into the, the land of, of promise, during the, the, the fights, during the efforts to take cities and to cross rivers, during that journey, it was vital that they never forgot who God was and who they were. And so Moses, their leader, began to write down this story. And we read it in, in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let me read it to you. So Moses wrote down this law. So in, in, in the Old Testament, often where it's translated law in our English translations, it's the word Torah. And, and it means instruction. It means the law. But in, in, for the Jews, it came to mean the whole of the first five books of the Bible, the, the Pentateuch, from Genesis right through to Deuteronomy. So Moses wrote down this law. He wrote down the Torah and gave it to the Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And then Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, in the year for cancelling debts, 
during the festival of tabernacles, when all of Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law, you shall read the Torah before them in, his, in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your town, so they can listen and learn to fear or learn to revere and to worship the Lord your God and to follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So after Moses, the stories kept being written. Stories of mighty miracles that God did. Stories of God's faithfulness. Stories of His wisdom and His grace. Stories of His people's unfaithfulness and God's continued faithfulness. Stories of prophets and kings, stories of God's promises. And exactly the right time in history, God fulfilled all of those promises through another prophet and king, King Jesus, Jesus, our Messiah. And in Jesus, God radically fulfilled, radically changed, and radically added to the story and to his family. God's family is now obviously not defined by natural birth. God's family is not defined by birth into the nation of Israel, but it's defined by spiritual birth. It's defined by faith, by faith in His Son, our King, Jesus. So just as it was important for the children of Israel to know their stories as they journeyed through the wilderness, to know their stories as they fought the battles to take the land that God had given them, as they, they, they needed to know their stories as they settled in the land, as generation after generation they increased in wealth, as, as the ebbs and flows of history happened. It was so important that they knew who they were, that they knew who God was. They knew what God was doing in the world. They knew His redemptive purposes. Just as it was important for them, so it is important for us, for we are now part of that family. These are our family stories. It's our story. Now, it hasn't always been our story. Each of us was born outside of God's family. The Bible tells us that we were far from Him. But through Jesus Christ, we've all been rescued from slavery, just as His original people were. We've been rescued from slavery to sin and death. And by faith, we've been adopted into His family. When we were born from above, when we were born again, we received God's Spirit and we were adopted into God's family, and we became His children. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says that, that we've been adopted into God's family. We have become His children. So this story has become our story. God's family is now our family. This history is now our history. These stories are our stories. This wisdom is our wisdom. These promises are our promises. But just like it was with our spiritual ancestors, God is not going to hand us the promises on a platter. God wants us to be strong and resilient, to reflect Him more and more each day. So we have to walk through deserts. We have to kill giants. We have to overcome enemies. We have to take cities. And we will. We will. Because our God, our God is Yahweh. Our God is creator of heaven and earth. Our God is keeper of promises. Our God is the only true God. He is wisdom, power, and grace. 
He's a God who is always love. He's a God who forgives. He's a God who rescues. He's a God who empowers His children. And we, we are His children. We are loved. We're called. We're rescued. We're adopted. We are favored. We are blessed. We are empowered. And in case I haven't mentioned it, we're loved. How can we know all this? How do I know all this? Because I've experienced it. Because I've got a conviction in my, my heart. But every day, every day, these stories remind, confirm, expand, challenge, correct, and heal me. This, the Word of God, this, the Bible, this is your story. And this story and these stories, because we talk about the Bible being a book, it's actually many books, and it's a book. It's a story, but it's many stories that make up that overall story. This story and these stories are not like any other story. They're bigger. They're better. They're more powerful than any other story. And I want to tell you this morning, they're bigger, they're better, and they are more powerful than any of your stories. You see, sadly, some of your stories are not good stories. Some of your stories are stories of sadness, loss, abuse, failure, betrayal, trauma. And those stories have shaped and they continue to shape your lives. But these stories, God's stories, are far more powerful. These stories, your stories. See, this this has become your story. This is your family history. And these stories have power. They have power to heal. They have power to correct. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. Let me read it to you. And yes, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. (laughs) Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. How powerful is that? How amazing is that? Every scripture. Yes, they were written by men and women over over centuries, but they they were breathed out by God. They're the breath of God. The Holy Spirit fills these stories. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. You see, as you read these stories, as you meditate on these stories, as you talk to God about these stories, as they begin to shape your beliefs, your attitudes and your decisions, you will find that they heal, that they strengthen and that they reshape you. You will find that your life begins to reflect Jesus more and more and as you reflect him more and more, you'll be able to walk through deserts with joy. You'll be empowered to kill giants with authority and you'll begin to overcome your enemies with wisdom and righteousness. And I keep harking on it because it's the central message I really want us to get this morning. This is your story. This is your family history. These stories are your stories. These stories define who you are. These stories describe your ancestry. They describe where you come from. They, They explain to us, they describe to us who our God is, who we are, what God is doing in the world. So what should we do with these stories? Some practical stuff. Read your Bible every day. Now, it's a discipline, and, and it is a discipline because the devil knows the power of this book. He's going to do everything he can to stop you from getting it into you. 
So it's a, it's a discipline. We actually have to put aside time. We have to make time. Um, but, and that sounds like it's hard work, and sometimes it can be. But can I encourage you? My, my discovery over many, many years is that the more you read the Bible, the more you fall in love with this book, the, the more you wake up in the morning hungry to read it. Um, now, there are days where, you know, you sort of wake up late, you sleep in a little bit, you've got to get to the office, um, you have your breakfast, you shoot off to the office. Um, the number of times I've done that, and later on in the day, I felt, look, I'm, I am missing something in my day. And it's time spent with God in prayer, but it's also time spent in the Word of God, just feeding, feeding on the Word of God. So read your Bible every day. It's a discipline, but it is life. Read Scripture in context. Whatever you read, and what I mean by that is whatever you read, don't just pick out one verse or a couple of verses. I know Pastor, um, um, last week, uh, Gordon um, talked about, you know, he, he says he doesn't, he doesn't think people should read long stretches. And to a certain extent, I agree with that. You know, it's, you, you read it and, and you, you take the verses and enough to sort of chew on for the day, which is great. But still, read it in context. Don't, don't just read it isolated. Read it in context. And what I mean by that is try to understand what part of the story it is where the, or where the story fits in, wherever you're reading. So if you're reading, obviously, if you're reading from Genesis, it's quite obvious where in the story that fits. Okay, uh, and, and through the Pentateuch, you know, through the, the first five books of the Bible and some of the historical books. But you get into the prophets, sometimes it's a bit difficult to know, well, where does this fit in the story? Because now English Bibles, um, our, our, our uh, uh, Christian forefathers and all their wisdom decided to shift things around in the Old Testament. The Jews, the Jewish uh, Bible, which is our Old Testament, um, is actually in a different order than, than our Bibles are. And that's fine. There's not exactly in chronological order either. Uh, but the, it's hard sometimes to know where things fit. So there are tools available. You can buy, you can get tools, you can download stuff that will help you. You can read the introductions. A lot of Bibles now have introductions to each, each book to say where in the story does this fit? What, what, in what situation was God speaking? Um, you know, I, we talk about this being stories, and it is a story. Yes, there are law codes in there, and some books of the, of the Old Testament are almost entirely law codes. But those laws make sense only in the context of the story. Taken in isolation, they're just laws. They're, they're just, and, and, and they're, they're quite an imposition taken in isolation. But when you understand where in the story they fit, when you understand where the children of Israel were at the time, what God was doing with them, where he was leading them, all of a sudden they come alive. So grab a hold of whatever tools you can. I know Lorraine, uh, she reads a Bible, I think called the Wayfarer Bible, that, that can take you through chronologically. Um, and there's all sorts of helps like that to help you as you learn, as you, as you get it into you, to read it in context. Ask questions and look for answers. When you read the Bible, it's not magic. It's not just by reading it somehow it, it magically places some sort of sphere of protection or sphere of blessing around your life. I mean, when you're in the Word, there is an element of it's, it's the Word of God, and so there's power in it, but, but ask questions of the Word. Now, you know that it's truth, so um, when, you say, when I say ask questions, you're not doubting it, you just but ask questions of the text and go looking for answers. And you can find those answers in commentaries. You can find those answers by speaking to your leaders, to your pastors, to those who are gifted in teaching and gifted in Bible teaching. Um, you can do courses, whatever you can do. But, but ask questions and go looking for answers. Because again, my experience has been that you ask questions, hard questions. You go looking for answers. 
what I've discovered is that it just confirms for me that this is true. It increases my faith. And it just, it, the more I look into the Bible, the more I learn about it, the more beautiful it becomes to me. The more beautiful it becomes to you and more powerful. So ask questions. Study the Scriptures, either formally or informally. Do courses. And that's not just for people who want to be in ministry. I think everyone should, at some level, you can do online courses, you can do uh, informal ones, you can do formal Bible study, um, you can go to up to Bible college. Uh, but, but study the Bible, study the Word. Meditate on Scripture. And when we talk about meditation, we don't mean, you know, get in a lotus position with the Bible on your knees and go, hmm. Um, read part of the, the Word of God. You know, get it into you. Start praying through some verses, stuff that, that maybe is challenging you, stuff that you've got questions about. What, what, is, what is God actually saying there? What's going on there? Begin to meditate on it. Read it in a couple of different translations. Uh, uh, but meditate and pray through it. Ask God, to, ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to it. Meditate on it. That's how we, that's how we get it into us. Um, I was going to say, don't just stick to your favorite translation. Read it in different translations because no, no one English translation uh, is an accurate translation of the original Greek and Hebrew. Um, but God uses them all. I'm, I've, you know, the, and there's lots of fantastic... I was reading from the New Living this morning. There's all sorts of great translations. Read from a couple of different types. When you're, when you're looking, when you're asking questions of the text, text, read different translations. It really does help. And talk to God about what you read. It's His Word. It's Him speaking to us. It's, it's His story. So talk to Him about it. Pray through it, especially the Psalms. I mean, there's some parts of Scripture that are so easy to pray through in, in some ways. Some are so hard to pray through, and sometimes it's the same Scriptures. Um, but pray through them. Talk to God about them. However you do it, make this story so much a part of your life that your life becomes part of the story. Let this story begin to live in you so deeply that you begin to live in this story. It will be worth it. Because, and I've, I've read the end, this story is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's stirring. It's victorious. It's fulfilling. It connects us deeply with our Lord Jesus Christ, because it is truth. And to finish, because uh, others, notably the writer of the psalm um, and its modern translators, speak much more eloquently than I can do, I want to read our text again, Psalm 78. And I just want you, I want to read it to you. I want you just to listen. I'm going to read this one from the Passion Translation because I think Dr. Simmons here doesn't, actually I think all overall Dr. Simmons does a wonderful job of the psalms. Beloved ones, Listen to this instruction. Open your heart to the revelation of this mystery that I share with you. A parable and a proverb are hidden in what I say, an in intriguing riddle from the past. And who knows, some of the stuff that we read is a parable. Some of it is an intriguing riddle. We've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage, and we continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generation the great marvels of our God. His miracles and power that have brought us all this far. The story of Israel is a lesson in God's ways. He established decrees for Jacob and established the law in Israel. And he commanded our forefathers to teach them to their children. For perpetuity, God's ways will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. In this way, every generation will have a living faith in the laws of life and will never forget the faithful ways of God. May we pray? Yeah. 
Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. There are parts of it, God, there are parts of this book that um, are hard to understand. There are parts that challenge us. We read them and, and they, 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 they speak into our lives and they challenge us. There are parts that just lift us above our circumstances and above the noise of the world around us into a, a plane where we, just, we can just hang out with you. Lord, we thank you that there's power. Your word is living and active, far, sharper than every, any two-edged sword. It does. It cuts right into our lives. It can, it can bring, you know, it can sort the stuff out in our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you, when you adopted us into your family, did not leave us clueless about who you are and about the family history of our new family. But God, you've given us your word. And I pray that we, as your children, as your adopted children, Lord God, I pray that we would make this, this Bible, this Word, so much a part of our lives. God, we would read it. We would meditate on it. We would pray through it. We would read these stories because they're our stories. This is our family history. And Lord, I pray that each one sitting here today, God, as, as we read your Word, as we ask questions, as we go looking for answers, Lord, I believe Holy Spirit, you're going to speak to us. You're going to show us new things every day, every week. There are going to be new things for the rest of our lives. There's going to be new things that you'll show us because this word is living and active. I pray this morning for anyone who, whose personal stories this morning are keeping them from stepping into your plan and purpose for their lives are keeping them from stepping into a place of blessing and abundance. I pray this morning that as they commit themselves to reading your word, being led by you, Holy Spirit, and where they read the story, their stories, I pray that as they do that, even this week, they're going to discover healing, they're going to discover freedom, they're going to discover mindsets are shifted and changed as they read their stories, as they read their family history, and they begin to understand at a deeper level who you are, who they are, and what you're doing in this world, and what you're doing in their lives. Everyone's eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If you're here this morning and you're, you're not, maybe you've come along, someone invited you to church, uh, or maybe you've been coming along for a while, and, but, but you're sort of a, a bit like a, step, a bit of a spectator in some ways. Um, you know that you've never actually made, taken that step where you ask Jesus into your life to be your king, to be the leader of your life. You've never actually asked him to forgive you of your sins, to wash you clean, make it a, make it possible for you to walk with God if that's you this morning then I would love to pray with you and so everyone's eyes are closed I don't want anyone to be embarrassed but but if that's you this morning if you're here and you've never done that or maybe you have and you've just been away from God for a while and you know this morning you know it's time to it's time to come back it's time to reconnect with your father who loves you who's made the way for you and I want to pray for you this morning. Everyone's eyes are closed. But if that's you this morning, right now, can you just let, raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray with you this morning? It's right where you're sitting. I'm just going to leave a few moments. I want to ask you, I want to just ask you to just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. 
as we finish this morning, I, I want to pray also or make an make a, um, a opportunity to pray. If your personal stories are, you, you know, and we've all got them, stuff that, that not actually doesn't line up with this, but it's our personal stories. They're real, but they don't line up with what, you know, with what God says. And, and they're sort of holding you back, maybe just a little bit. Maybe they're really holding you back from, from experiencing God's love. And I would love for you to just respond as we finish this morning by coming forward and letting someone from the team pray with you and pray the Word of God, to speak the Word of God over your life. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.org.